All right. Welcome. Infinite Real Estate Group here. We are in the Own It podcast. Jared Johnson, Chad Morgan, our host, and we have a special guest today, Andrew Baker. Let's go, Andrew. Thanks for having me, gents. Oh, special guest. He's actually a future co-host. She's a future co-host. Um, it's actually Andrew is one of our newest agents on the team of Infinite Real Estate Group. And we're so excited to have you because, I mean, quite frankly, you have been showing people how to actually work. Yeah, it's been kicking my butt. Work? So, we no, don't do so none of that around here. I, I want to kind of dive into... Um, so for all you that's listening, if you um, have any questions for Andrew, feel free to make them in the comments. Are we live? We are live. Our live? trusty um, engineer, Chaz, will be monitoring those to answer any questions, intimate and all. And uh, infinite. And infinite. infinite. Oh, oh, my mom's already on. Oh, hi, Mrs. Johnson. Yeah. Mrs. Johnson, welcome. She's my biggest fan. Nice. Congrats. I pretty much got, like, lots of followers and reviews. They're all my mom's profiles. Gosh. <laughs> Mrs. Johnson, what a, she's a real G. Uh, yeah. uh, anyway, so, but yeah, so Andrew's new on our team. Um, I can relate to a lot of what you are going through right now. And um, because I've heard you voice some of your concerns and your stresses, you just came from a holy shit man <laughs> like i am got the hiccups so i apologize I can't get rid of these stupid things so if anybody has any <laughs> tips on how to get rid of hiccups drink some water upside down scare him <laughs> chad's quitting water upside down huh <laughs> chad's quitting <laughs> they're gone no um so but yeah so i came from the tech industry mm-hmm made a very good living for myself and then decided one day to quit and do real estate full time. And, um, I mean, really that's in a nutshell, your story, but I want yep. you to kind of go over it and kind of, kind of what led you to this decision and let's just go from there and let's just get in there and introduce Andrew and yeah. let him tell our viewers what's up. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Pumped to be here. Um, gosh, I think my road to this decision has been long. Um, I've been in tech, different sales roles in tech specifically for about four or five years now. Uh, before that, did a couple summers knocking doors. Uh, before that, was a personal trainer. Before that, went door to door selling religion for a couple of years. Um, so I've been in tech for a while. Um, been in W two for for quite a long time, um, and I think. The, the more organizations I've been a part of, I think the more I've realized that, like, I don't really want to be part of a big corporate structure. Yeah. Um, personally. Why not? Why not? It um, sucks. Just kidding. I wouldn't have that much experience in it, but Andrew <laughs> does. <laughs> I, I think it's like, it, it's really, um, you know, it. It's hard to say for another position for like your director of sales, your VP of sales, whatever it is. It, it's hard to say that you understand that role and to say that you would do things differently. Uh, but I have increasingly over the years found myself saying I would do that differently. I would approach that topic differently, especially as the economy's gone down over the last year. There's, a lot of pressure, I think, in sales roles. And, and I, I, I firmly believe that most leaders take that pressure and pass it down the chain. Mm. Um, shit rolls downhill, you know, is, is, a, is a manner of speaking. I saw that time and time again. Yeah. And it was just, I was kind of like in, um, after I was an engineer for a while, I was a field engineer, worked on a lot of product. Yeah. Um, then I moved into a leadership role. Yep. And, but I was like three layers down. Yes. And it was the same exact bullshit that got from the top. Yep. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> this is not going to be good. <laughs> um, but no, like it, it was just the same stuff that came all the way down from the top. Like you'd hear it from the president of the company and it would literally just get rolled right down. Yep. And there was no ingenuity there was no thought behind it there was no leadership behind it It was always just why aren't we getting the numbers that we should 
should be or how yeah. come our how come our numbers look this way? How come our paperwork isn't getting done? I'm like, everyone keeps answering the, asking the questions. Yeah. And all I I felt like all I was supposed to be doing was nagging my employees to get their work done. Yeah. Um yeah, 100%, right? Like the, and that's really just what it all turns into. Um so and I and I think I realized hey, this is actually pretty uh like company agnostic. This is something that exists everywhere. Um and for me, I was I was managing a sales team uh for about a year and a half, um group of SDRs, um managing training onboarding. Um and I and I realized like for me, if I wanted to progress in that career and I love the leadership side, I love the coaching, I love the training. It's um one of the most fulfilling things for me. Um but I kind of realized hey, if if I want to take this career step to the next level, it's going to be a director. Um and that means more hours than I'm currently working, more time away from my family. Um for it was going to be around, you know, 160 to to $200,000 a year. Yeah. What I was going to be making and that's that's amazing money, right? That's that's life-changing money. That sets you up really well. Uh, for me personally, though, like that trade-off of, hey, I'm, I'm going to need to leave the house at 7.15, probably come back at 5.30, 6 o'clock, day in, day out for the next however many years. It's just not worth that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, so that was a big thing. It was like, hey, you know, if I continue in this career, that's where I'm going. Okay, I don't really love that. Um, do I want to go be an individual contributor? Okay, well, let's play with that idea. Um, and I think, again, just kind of took that thought exercise a little bit further. As an employee, as a sales employee, I am being leveraged. Meaning if I make $150,000 a year as a sales rep, the company needs to be making probably two fifty dollars a year or more from my labors. Probably more. Yeah. Right? Maybe even double or triple that, like three to $450,000 a year. And so that realization was like, well, hey, if I actually have the skill set here to produce three hundred to $450,000 a year of revenue for this company, why the hell, and, and I'm getting paid one fifty, why the hell would I not go and do that for myself if I already have the proven skill set of being able to do that for someone else? Um, so I think that was a big, like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? And then the third this is this was you know kind of the third nail in the coffin I guess so to speak is with a with a nine to five if I were to increase my hours to fifty a week okay twenty five percent increase in in work does that actually equate to twenty five percent increase in pay Mo- most of the time no yeah. especially mm-hmm. down that leadership route right. That those extra hours are only going to increase my my take home pay, maybe by a certain amount, and so it's it's kind of the culmination of those three things that hey, shit rolls downhill, company agnostic. Two, if I were to continue this leadership career down the path, okay, that's not really a life that I want, um, despite it being really well paying. Three, if I were to go be an individual contributor, I'm being over leveraged. Why wouldn't I just take those skills and go do it myself? Yeah. No. And if you think about, I mean, cause I thought a lot about this when I was in, in the field and we were, um, I was traveling a lot, like to the point where over a hundred flights a year, a year, uh, over a hundred hotel stays a year. And time wasn't even a factor for me. Yeah. Time wasn't something like, well, if I just did a little more or I did a little, um, or put in a little more work, like, I realized how valuable my time was. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we'll, we'll get to this uh, value of time here in a little bit because there's something that I think you're going to really learn or at least just some advice from myself that would really help out. But I realized that there was nowhere else for me to really go yeah. within my role. Like, it was all about if I wanted to go to the next level, I had to wait for somebody else, A, to get let go or to um you know get promoted or to step aside or you know get yeah leave to a new company so 
You're, lo- you're waiting for a vacuum to open. Yeah, I, I was just waiting for something else to happen. And there was other leaders that were also waiting for the same thing. And I'm like, man, this is – it was an interesting experience for me because the, our director or area manager role opened up, and they asked me to apply. And I was already talking to my director about leaving. And he's like, hey, I'd love – for you to apply for the area job. And, you know, I, I later found out that it was just, an, you know, an interview count that they needed mm-hmm. type of thing. But I went into that whole interview with the with the idea of I'm not just going to sh- show them who I am and what I'm capable of because they already know that about me. They know that my team had less turnover than anybody else. Our numbers were as cleaner than anybody else's our paperwork was turned in like we were a very profitable territory and like so they already know how i work yeah so i'm going to go into this whole interview understanding what they are looking for within an area manager and if that jives with how i want to you know progress in my career and i was like so disappointed when I asked them about, you know, they said, well, how would you handle this? Or how would you handle this? And I said, well, that's a really good question. And I would answer it. But then I would say, I would like to know from you guys, you know, do you have any questions? You know, regardless of who's in this role, how, how does leadership plan on handling these problems? And they're like, well, what do you mean? Like, well, this is, I said, well, because we've been dealing with, I've been with this company for 10 years and it's been the same exact problems for 10 years, just presented a different way. How are we going to get paperwork done? How are we going to get workflow accomplished? How are we going to, you know, service the people we need? Uh, Like it, it was the same exact questions asked over and over and over. So I realized very quickly that it everything was just getting passed down the, the line. And so it, it was, uh, I walked out of that interview, like, holy cow, like these guys don't like, th- there is no agenda to get this done. Yeah. They just want somebody to handle it and they want some magic to happen when it does. But at the same time, trying to get in there with your own personal skills and your, in your own, um, way of doing things has to be approved by everybody that's telling you you can't do it and so very annoying um just it it just it was a trap just like yeah and you know i there there was nowhere else to go yeah and i realized Mm -hmm. real quick the money was was only yeah at some point it's just not worth it yeah yeah Yeah. like even if um like as a real estate agent even if i only make enough to just cover my expenses like guess what i'm i control my time I get to spend totally. as as much time as I need. You know, I can run it the way I want. Um, kind of on that other side of, hey, like at a W-2, if I work 10 more hours, you know, I'll only make a little bit more. But mm-hmm. what's interesting, and I'm not anywhere near this point with my business, you know, just being a week into this, but, like, there's also this idea of, hey, like, you can ask the question, is there a way that I could work 25% less hours and make the same pay. Absolutely. You, know, mm-hmm. you can, right? If you get to the processes, if you get there in your business, again, that's maybe step 10 and I'm still step 0.5 um, with my business. But like, that's also, that's extremely alluring, right? Hey, can I work less and still make the same amount? Okay. What systems, processes, people do I need to bring in? Hire an assistant. Would, would that do it? You know, like there's all these things that you can play around um, there's, you know, and I'm feeling the weight of that decision of, oh my gosh, I have full responsibility over my income. And that's, that's a double-edged sword, right? At one hand, it's like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I can build this however the hell I want to. But then yeah. then on the other side, it's like, oh geez. It's, so it's so I actually wanted to ask you about this because oh I, I, I saw your TikTok, um, about your, the emotions yeah. that were, you were going through on day one. And so much. I, I brought this yeah. up to you, and I was actually laying in bed, and I shared this with Amy because I'm like, "Holy cow, <clears throat> this was 
my very experience. Yeah. yeah. And so I appreciate you documenting that because yeah. it almost made me, like it, ma- it made me emotional because yeah. I'm like, I remember sitting in my office thinking, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> yes. I was yes. making 150000 a year. Yes. Had about $1,000 um, vehicle stipend. Insurance was incredible. Yeah. And I literally just sat in my desk saying, I don't even, I got no work. Yeah. I don't know what I'm, t- what did I just do? Yes. <laughs> so yeah. walk uh, me through that because yeah. it was, uh, <laughs> I think that is something that an- anyone could benefit from because it is a natural progression that we, yeah. <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> We're all just having a yeah. little merry time here. Sure. Um, so yeah, walk me through that. Yeah. So last Monday was day one, super emotional day, super, super emotional day. Um, it really just hit me like the weight of that decision. I'm, I'm married. My wife stays at home with our two boys, three years old and and almost 10 months old. It's like, Oh my gosh, I'm the sole provider in my household. And I just willingly went to a $0 salary. (laughs) You're crazy, bro. It's psycho, right? (laughs) We just sold our home. So luckily we've, we've got, I think about 13 months of, I made zero money, 13 months of expenses paid for. That was the only way I could do it. For me, just rash, just emotionally, that was the only way I'd feel comfortable is if yep. we had a year plus of, mm-hmm. of backup. Because I think a year is plenty of time to turn uh, this totally. into something successful. Um, you need less than that, right? But for me to feel okay as the provider of my family, I just, I really needed more. Sure. Um, and luckily we got that. Um but yeah, it was um in all of last week I'm still emotional, right? I I believe human beings are emotional beings, but um yeah, I think it's you know in this specific post that you're referencing like I I really deep down have issues feeling like I deserve goodness in my life. Um there there are there's a lot where I just kind of feel like I deserve suffering, right? And there's a hundred different reasons for that, but I'm now in a position where um, even though I don't feel like I deserve success, I have to go get it. And I, I think like the, honestly, the best word I can use to describe is just it's uncomfortability. I am very, very actively, aggressively searching for something that I feel that I don't deserve. And to be honest, the only way I'm able to rationalize it right now is I probably don't deserve it, but my wife does. My sons, they sure as hell deserve it. Sure. So it's like to this point, you know, and and and, and I share that with my wife, and, you know, she's amazing, and she shared, well, you need to figure out how you deserve it too. I'm like, I'll figure that out at some point. Mm-hmm. But for right now, like, you and our boys deserve it, so I'm going to give absolutely everything I have to this, and that's like – why I'm working as hard as I am. Yeah, it's crazy because, I mean, I I feel the same thing in so so many different ways. It's like, and I, I don't know, I Chad, what do you think about that? Because, like, I could relate to that. It's like, yeah. man, I don't know if I really deserve success. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't, is, that a, is that a man thing or, like, <laughs> like, um, well, like I, how does that feel for you? For me personally, I I feel like it's maybe the same way. As you guys, but maybe in a different way at the same time. Um, but either way, how I picture it is, I think even now, after the little bit that I have accomplished so far in my career, I still don't feel that successful. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, I know I've done well, but I want to do more, and there's a much better place I want to be. Sure. And a part of me constantly is kind of, you know, maybe it's us – I don't know, doubting ourselves, or maybe it's just kind of a demon in our head um, kind of saying those things to us. Because, I, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, anyone deserves what they work for, whoever whoever they are and wherever, wherever they come from. So, um, so all yeah, right, well, some, starting some today, <laughs> starting today, we are all working together. <laughs> I mean, I, I love that idea, though. Um, and that's, that's like self-introspection I've had to dive through. Yeah. It's like, do I actually believe that I don't deserve it or do I have some severe del- self doubt and it's yeah. just manifesting as a deserving of success? Totally. Right. I think a lot of us, 
experience this uh, self-doubt. Yeah. Um, and I think that's because our whole, like, how do I just describe this? This was something that kind of, like, I started looking at because since I was a kid, I've always known that, like, self-employment was my thing, like, owning a business, inventing something, that entrepreneurship. Yeah. Like, that's what I gravitated towards my whole career. Even during my whole career, I was never happy with that career. I was always having side hustles, trying to make something work. And I think um, the more I thought about that, like, I, I, I tend to blame our school systems in a way, mm-hmm. uh, or it just on how I was raised. Um, I, I mean, my mom and dad encouraged me to, you know, go after my dream, dreams and stuff and, you know, like, um, do what I want to do and what makes me happy other than be a tattoo artist. <laughs> my mom, if she's lis- <laughs> listening, she didn't want me to be a tattoo artist, but I really wanted to. Gosh, Mrs. Jones uh, is so unaccepted. But um, wh- what I what I realized though was we were taught in school to pick a career, and I remember like in junior high and elementary school, and then high school, it got really pressured on picking a career, yeah. and it's just crazy to think about. And, and I'd be curious, like, as the younger, you know, generations and stuff, like, for me, it was always, like, there was nothing in our head other than being a firefighter, a police officer, yeah. a doctor, mm. a lawyer, yeah. or a Engineer. nurse. Like, yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, but if you think about all the possibilities there are within jobs and the degrees that we have, and it, it was always fascinating for me to see who was in what roles and what you know their schooling was because it very rarely matched up yeah to what they went to school for and i never got the lessons that i was capable of whatever i wanted to do yeah i was never i never got the lessons of you know like if i just applied myself to what i'm passionate about yeah that there's a way to capitalize off that or monetize that. Sure. And like now that I've experienced that and I've seen that, like, I mean, I'm on my what fifth business now and I've bought and sold, grown them, sold them. And now I've found something that I really love to the point where it's not even about selling houses for me anymore. It's about finding people with the same passions of yeah. doing something that's bigger than themselves and helping them grow and see their potential. Yeah. And like to me there's nothing there's not a greater feeling because we're all capable of more than what we've been given. For sure. Um yeah, I, uh, the household I grew up in it was it was always you're going to go to college, get a degree, go do something very very traditional and yeah. And I and I don't blame my parents for that at all. Like especially my dad, he he pr- he pushed it uh, you know a lot more than my mom. Uh, but my dad actually went to school and got his degree when I was a kid. Like I remember dad up in the study, studying, doing whatever he mm-hmm. could to get his degree. And for him, that was the only way to progress his career. He's he's a financial yep. planner. And he runs a great book of business now. Uh, but when I was a kid, like that was the only thing he could go do, really, in that career path to go and progress. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't blame him for that at all. Um, but I, yeah, I, and I think um, on that note of doing something bigger than themselves, like I'm, I'm in that camp. I think like I'm trying to do something I've never done before. I'm trying to make a huge, um, it's actually uh, last Monday. You know, we talked about, it was a pretty emotional day. I actually saw, uh, I think I went and got Taco Bell for lunch. I was like, I need some dopamine. I need some comfort Taco Bell food. has dopamine, everybody. Oh, my gosh. What a hit of joy it gives me. Um, but walking back from the parking lot, um, my uh, one of my wife's friend's husband, Paul, I, uh, you know, we're acquaintances. We're, we're not the best of friends, but, like, hey, we know each other. We're, hey, we're, Paul. we're on good terms. What's up, Paul? Um, I actually saw him, and we just chatted for a minute. And Paul was just very matter of fact. He's like, "Well, shoot, man, it sounds like this is gonna be good for you." 
Like that uncomfortability yeah. makes you grow. I'm like, God damn it, Paul. Come on, Paul. Come on, Paul. Don't give me such good <laughs> advice. But so but now I'm clinging to that. Yeah. yeah. Like um, you know, like so today so I, I took yesterday off because my wife was out of town and I made a commitment that hey, I said I was gonna make five hundred calls a week. If I'd make if I had taken two days off, okay, maybe that adjusts, but I only took one day off. I'm gonna make 125 calls a day. Tuesday through Friday. Mm-hmm. And I I passed 100. I was like, gosh, I don't... Ugh. Okay, I'm going to make these last 25. And yeah. they were a grind. But I can almost still hear those words in my head of, hey, this uncomfortability will make you grow. And I kind of had a self-dialogue of, you you bitch of a brain. You figured this shit out because we're making these calls, <laughs> right? Um, so it's... You got to talk to yourself and you got to... Absolutely. I, I remember we... Um, uh, as part of our coaching organization, um, David Goggins came and spoke to <laughs> us, yeah. and he talked about how uh, the human brain really only utilizes about 40% of what it's got. Yeah. And so when you're feeling down, whether it's physical or mental, yeah. or like you've got to find a way to reach in there and grab that other 60% because it's yeah. there. Yeah. You just got to use it. We, we have a saying in our house that me and my wife live by and our kids are, are adapting it too, which is, you know, find something that, um, do something that makes you excited and uncomfortable at the same, at yeah. the same time. And we, we've always lived by that because that's where growth happens Yeah, is when we're uncomfortable. That's where success is found is when we're being vulnerable with ourselves and scared and, yeah. you know, totally. Oh, go ahead. No, Andrew. you go for it. Oh, I was just um, going to chime in on that, talking about being uncomfortable. And I think that goes back to the reason why we're taught so often and, you know, the places. I, I grew up in a similar environment, I think, which nothing nothing against that, you know. but It works for a lot of people. And my, sure. dad, my dad being very, like, you're going to go to college as well. You're going to get a degree. You're going to graduate. You're going to go get a nice cush six-figure job. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, I <laughs> a side note, I was talking with my brother-in-law and sister last night. We were talking about six figures. It's not even that much money anymore. <laughs> no, it's no. not. Oh, my God. I mean, if no, it's if not. you're going to keep making that at your cush corporate jobs. Sure. But it's all based around the fact that people are just uncomfortable. I have never seen an industry. Being uncomfortable. Yeah, no, exactly. I have never seen an industry where some, like, how do I, like, I'd love it for somebody to tell me that there's an industry out there that keeps up with the inflation of of our uh, economy. Right. I have yet to, I mean, I was ecstatic at 3%. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, real estate does for sure. So it goes back to that concept. The reason they tell us that is because they don't want us to be uncomfortable. Sure. I mean, they want the best for us. They want you to get a trophy. I think society has really ingrained into our brains and our emotions that being uncomfortable isn't a good thing. Yeah. Otherwise, that wouldn't be the concept. It wouldn't be go do what you want and pursue your dreams. It would be, you know, it would be more, okay, let's, uh, you know, let's be comfortable. And that's what a college degree will, will do for you. And I think Andrew and... Jared are great examples of that as well, but especially you having experienced this more recently and it's a little more fresh. You essentially had a job lined up where you could be making, you said, 160 to 200K a year. Yeah. It was there on paper. Doesn't that sound super nice, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't consider it on paper, but, like, it was it was definitely a next step. Right? Yeah. Like, I, I think I had the skill set, you know, personal brand, and. You know, and it's tough. Yeah, and nine times out of ten, someone with that job offer, that opportunity, would have taken it instead yeah. of quitting to potentially make, not that this is going to happen, but, you know, everyone will be like, oh, you quit your job to go be self-employed, that you could make nothing this year, right? I could. So, I'm, and that runs through my head all the time, too. But, I mean, obviously you won't. Um, but I think it just goes back to the idea of we are so like risk adverse as people because we hate being uncomfortable sure and we hate being uncomfortable because 
comfortable makes life easier, right? Yeah. So I think that, yeah, while nine times out of ten people would have taken that job, you decided to get uncomfortable and find something you could go pursue and really grow. And, yeah, maybe this year won't be the year you make, you know, 200K right out the gate. Could be, though. Maybe it won't. Maybe it will. I um, think you will. You could have secured it. it with that job offer, right? Sure. Be, but I think, um, you know, over time you, that you're going to – I mean, it's going to pay its dividends for sure. I think for sure. And like you said, no more 50 hours. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, some weeks in real estate, we, we do work more than that. But oh, you it's have the be ability that. to control. Yeah. And that's how it has to be at first. Yeah. Hey, there's nothing better yeah. than bringing your little boy with you. I'm but yeah, and you showing have houses or doing an open house. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man, they're going to be doing incredible things. And in a way, you have so much more control over your life yeah. that it's almost as if, okay, taking this uncomfortable step will ultimately help me become more comfortable, more successful. Yeah. And, yeah, so it just goes to show, okay, what – like people say getting a W-2 job over being self-employed, that's way less risky. But what are you risking – over yeah. not being self-employed. Yeah, I mean, I've been laid off twice um, over the last three years. Barely survived the third round um, at the company I was at here in November. Mm. So it's like, in in praise my wife. She's told me this for years. I was just scared to make the jump. Um, and so I think I think I was listening to something from Jocko Willink. He's like, well, if you want to do something, like, and you're scared, then yeah. you should should probably go do that thing. Yeah. yeah. It's totally. like, okay. <laughs> All right, Jocko. Yes, yeah. sir. And <laughs> We're it, coming. It just goes to show, okay, yeah, a corporate job could be safe and cush, but guess who freaking owns the corporate and all those companies? Oh, absolutely. People who had to make that same jump, people yeah. who are self-employed. So it's like, okay, what really is, what 100%. are the risks of being employed and what are the risks of going and doing my own thing? Yeah. I, th I think the longer you get to know me, you're going to realize that um, – I'm, I, I'll, I'll quote a conference all the time, but I was in another conference with uh, Tim Grover and I remember a quote that he had that kind of goes in lines with what we said, because I was like, Holy cow, I'm writing that down because I got to live by that motto. Yeah. And he said, if you think success is hard, wait till you get the bill for regret. Yes. And he just sat there in silence after he said that. And then he said it again. And I was like, Holy cow. Like, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take the hard work of success any day over that bill totally. of regret. Sure. Um, and I've, um, I think it like, obviously the best time to do something like this would have been like eight years ago when I was single and mm -hmm. zero expenses. <laughs> the next best time when my wife was working, uh, and I, I just kind of realized the timing is only going to become worse and worse and worse and worse the longer I wait. And so, yeah, I've got two boys at home, uh, an infant and a toddler. But, like, it'll probably be even worse if I wait to do this. So I just, I also, like, time is, like, mm -hmm. time's a fickle thing, right? Um, and I just realized the longer I waited to start my own business, control my own destiny, to use a cheesy term, um, the harder it was going to be. So really was I need to do this now, or honestly I'm I'm probably never gonna do this, and I'm gonna work a nine to five for the next forty years, and have fun on my two weeks of vacation a year because I'm you gotta I'm, make sure you have the PTO. Well, I'm such <laughs> I am such a sucker for the unlimited PTO model. Uh -huh. Screw the corporations for doing something like that because yeah. they know people take them less, but I. I almost cannot, I could not mentally take vacation. It's just like, I, I could not open Slack. I could not try to solve problems for people on my team. Yeah. And so, yeah. So again, Well, you're just naturally driven. Yes. And I remember like hearing all these things from you. And when you came in and talked to us, I mean, it was like six months before you even, I mean, you came and talked to us before you yeah. even started your classes. I mean, yeah, I think it was like mid-January. Yeah. I had just bought the course from Stringham. Yeah, and yeah. I, I could just tell yeah. by your drive, like, oh, this guy's going to be good. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want to get into that now because yeah. I did want this to be something that agents out there that are struggling, because there's a ton of agents out there right now 
that are w- wondering where their book of business is going. I mean, we're coming into the summer months, and yeah. I guarantee you, and there's 90% of the real estate agents out there have zero potential in their pipe pipeline. Yeah. Um, which to me is the scary part. And if I was asked you right now, how many people are in your pipeline? You've, you've only been at this for five days. Yeah. And I know it's not empty. No, no, no. Um, share with us. Yeah. You know, appointment tonight, I set four appointments thus far. I have four or five other people that I've been talking with to, to look at, you know, some possible. Yeah. So, so I'd call those, um, I always, um, classify my pipeline as a 30, 60, 90. Yeah. Who's in my 30 day? Who's in my 60 day? Yeah. Who's in my 90 day? Yeah. And depending on what I'm looking for um, through my goals, yeah, I need. I know I need to have X amount of people in each one of those slots. Like if I want to do, you know, 50 transactions this year, I know that I better have at least six to seven people in that pipeline. 30-day pipeline, 60-day pipeline, and 90-day pipeline. And so um, five days into it, you yeah. already got. Uh, probably I have two people in the 30-day for sure. See, look, that's um, incredible. I think another two to three in the 60 and maybe one in the in the 90. All right, so go. I know people are wondering, how have you been doing this? Just calling. Make Making your phone calls. Making my best. phone calls. Chad, Chad what, what do I always <laughs> tell you guys in the office when it comes to uh, closing transactions? Let's see if we get this right. Because I think we're on the same wavelength, but a lot of times we're not. What do you always say when it comes to closing transactions? No, like, you know, when it comes to being successful in real estate. Huh? <laughs> Go ahead, Chaz. Stop being a... Oh. oh. Uh, yeah that is true i mean it's all about the phone calls most people are waiting for their stupid phone to ring sure and if you're going to continue to wait for your phone to ring you're going to continue to wait for your phone to ring and yeah i remember something our coach jared davis said at the beginning of the year um in january he said that appointments are the currency of real estate agents yep and one of the very top ways you're going to do that is yeah. Like if you have not if you have no other like nothing else to do, you should be dialing on the phone because that is going to generate that's putting yourself out there more than anything else, calling people directly and talking about the real estate market. Um so yeah. I think you said you you're trying to set an appointment every day, right? Yeah. Right. And that's uh something that since he said that I was like, Okay, if I wanna be making money I need to be setting an appointment every day too. Yeah. I mean, I have not done that consistently and some days you'll set zero the next day you'll set four. Um, yeah, but it just, it does boil down to, okay. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are. Just, there's been a lot of situations we've looked back at and we're like, Oh, it just goes to show that that agent right there, they made their phone calls and look at them. <laughs> um, despite their personality, their skill set, who they are, they got the job done because they picked up the phone. It so. doesn't matter what platform you're on. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I know a lot of great agents here in Utah, and some of the, they all do business differently. But if you boil down to the core of it, they're doing the exact same thing that we're preaching our new agents to do, and that's just pick up the phone. Yeah. There's nothing worse. Even if you're just nurturing your SOI, there's nothing worse than – going to a family reunion or a family function and realizing that your brother or your cousin that you've known for so long just bought a home with someone else. (laughs) Brutal. Because if you're not telling them that you do real estate and you're in the business, somebody else is telling them. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how you do it, whether it's through some funny videos or cute videos on in your reels or your social media or just – sending a text message or simply just picking up the phone. I mean, that's where the power is, is in making your phone calls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think action of any kind is, is critical. Um, I had asked you day one. I mean, even, even prior you had, you had brought it up. Um, but I asked like, Hey, how many calls a day should I aim for? Yeah. You said a hundred. 
I was like, okay, I'm going to go make 100 calls a day. So I have a friend. Um, he runs a team in another state. And your first day on the job on his team is here's the, here's the database. Your job is to make 1,000 phone calls. And it's not that he knows that people are actually going to ma- make 1,000 phone calls, but he wants to know that you're going to go in there and stick out the day and just pound through the mm-hmm. phones as hard as you can. And he said, if, they are, if they're will- willing to do that, then I know that they're willing to do what it takes to be successful in real estate. Yeah. And, I mean, we, we've been doing that. And, and what I think what will happen as you start progressing in your career, you're going to start finding those avenues of what I like to call your core pillars of your su- success. You're going to start finding what you like. Yeah. And those phone calls are going to start <laughs> – Again, if you're joining us now, <laughs> something's wrong with me. If anyone knows how to cure hiccups, tell me. <laughs> um, but uh, you're going to find your groove. You're going to find what you enjoy. And those phone calls are going to be more geared towards the things that bring you joy. Yeah. Um, we always, the first, the one thing we always teach, and this is, I mean, th- this comes back to me being an engineer. Um I know that numbers and statistics, they don't lie. If we can just have a basis of where we need to start, I know what I need to achieve to accomplish my goal. And so the first thing we always do is, look, you're a brand new agent. Let's just say 40 conversations about real estate equals one transaction. I mean, that's pretty average across the country. And we use that all the time to kind of give that foundation. So if you want to do 20 deals this year, you know at the end of the day you have to do 40 conversations for every transaction. And so it's just simple math from that. And then you can break it all the way down. So if we did... I think it's 800 conversations. Yeah, so if we did... Oh, yeah, so 800 conversations... We know that there's six months left in the year, so if we divide that by six, you have to make 133 conversations every year. Still seems like a pretty daunting task. Yeah. But then if we divide that by 20, which is 20 working days, I know that every single day I have to have six conversations, six to seven conversations about real estate. Yeah. It's not that bad. No. Um, you've been kind of tracking your ratios. Um, yeah. How many phone calls are you making now for every conversation? Um, um, I'll, I'll take last week just because yep. it's a, it's a, full yeah, you don't really have a lot to go I, off I, of, I, I but yeah, the, we've got a whole week of data right now. Sure. A whole <laughs> week. Yeah. The, the, the sample size is pretty low. Uh, but last week, uh, ended up getting 475 calls in. Um, and that was with getting Sierra late Monday afternoon. Ooh. Yeah. That was my bad. That's all right. That's okay. The systems guy <laughs> dropped the ball. Um, um, I think it ended up having 74 connects. And then I think I'm going to create a separate. I think there needs to be another thing under that that says, hey, of those connects, how many did you actually have a good Valid. conversation yeah. about? We don't need like a fuck you, like and yeah. hang up. We need, <laughs> no. an, we need 100%. We, we need an actual conversation yeah. about actual. real estate. Yeah. Um, and I, I like to track the connect rate regardless because I think that's just part of the funnel. Um, so for me, what I'm seeing right now, about 100 calls a day, I'll talk to, I think most days it's been between like 17 and 20 people. Um, and then of those, usually one in three result in at least like a five-minute conversation about, hey, like, you know, oh, you were looking for a home. What, is, you know, what does that mean? Why why'd the search end? Oh, you purchased? Oh, okay, great. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll keep in touch. But, oh, like, they were just waiting on interest rates. Okay, great. Like, what about interest rates? Yeah, what are you waiting for? Yeah, what are you waiting for? For them to stop going up and down? What? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think in in my experience to have six to seven conversations a day, you'd be needing to make 100 to 150 phone calls a day. Yeah. Um, So, that being said, like – there's a deal line in there, I think, for every 100 phone oh, calls. Absolutely. Yeah, like 100%. There's something there but for But how you. many people are going to do anything about that? 
I don't know. Well, how, how many, many people, people do we have in our office now that won't make a hundred phone yeah, calls like, a day? I don't know. And they're always asking, oh, my goodness, Andrew, like, you've been in this a week. Where are you getting all your leads from? Another thing the is same damn place you are. From Jared's old PPC <laughs> <laughs> leads. Yeah. It, but then it also goes to show is like, okay, what if we gave someone, like an agent, a random agent, 100 people to call, and we knew one person in there for sure was going to buy a house? Like We're How like, many? hey, you just got to call these 100 people. How we know there's one it? person that's going to say yes, and I want to buy a house and get that appointment. Um, I I think people will do that. Oh, okay, okay, I'll, I'll pick it up and do it right now. But yeah. it's the fact of, like, we need to have, I learned something called um, optimistic expectations, right? Mm. We need to have optimistic expectations that people are going to pick up the phone, and then you're going to get those small closes that end up to landing the appointment, that end up to the other yeah. closes that end up closing the deal so um i think anyways. it's interesting you say that um i feel that over the last couple of years of you know being in different sales positions and being here i actually kind of feel like i've worked really hard on having zero expectations really because i've i've found that the you know uh, and this kind of takes me back to uh the if you've heard of the stockdale paradise the the stockdale paradox Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, it's not Darren Hardy. It's uh, good to great, uh, Jim Collins, great book. But in that book, he talks about, um, he, he, he talks about businesses that were fairly mediocre and that, um, I think within, I can't remember the time period, but then within a certain time period went and doubled. Um, if you had invested in their stock, they doubled like the stock market. So really impressive companies, good to great, great company. So in these companies, he he notices something he calls the Stockdale Paradox. Um, It's referencing uh, Colonel Jim Stockdale, who was imprisoned uh, during World War II. Um, And so he says in his memoirs, um, in, in the book that he wrote, that the first people that died in the camps were the optimists. The people that just expected, hey, they're going to come to save us next week. It's all going to be all right. It's all going to be okay tomorrow. They, like, they're they're going to come get us tomorrow. And he said the people who, like, absolutely, like, who survived um, and did not suffer needlessly were the people that said, hey, I do believe something's going to get better at some point, but I know that I'm tough enough to tough it out until that point. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a mentality I have on the phones – and. I feel like it really helped me out in my last position. I think it's, you know, already helping me here is this, hey, like, there may be a, there may be a, a deal in these 100 calls. There may not be. I'm just going to call anyway. I just don't care. Um, and so, th- and, and that drove me. I think one day I had, like, two appointments and 40 calls. I was yeah. like, I don't, I don't care. I'm going to go make 100 anyway. And yeah. I, I think that's, you know, it's just – it, it, different strokes for different folks, right? But it's that's a great mentality because it's, it's so like easy to give up once you're like, boom, I got my appointment. Peace out, guys. Oh, my gosh, yes. Uh, on both sides, right? Yeah. It's it's easy to give up when you get the appointment, but it's also easy to give up if you've, you know, if you're sucking. It's like, oh, okay. It's like, no, I'm I'm tough enough to keep going. Totally. So it, and it will get better. I don't know when, but I know I'm tough enough to make it until it does. Here's what I like. Here's what I know about like. I mean, just I've seen so many, so many agents come through here. I've seen so many agents, um, like people come in saying, "I want, I want to be a real estate agent." Most of the time, they want to be a real estate agent a because they like watching HGTV, <laughs> or b they see their friends doing it and and they're making a lot of money. Yeah, um, because there is a lot of money to be made in real estate. Um, but very few people are making the kind of money that people are seeing. Yeah. yeah. And the one thing that I see in you that I know you're going to be all right is just that very statement that you were talking about being good to great. And um, you're not an optimistic person, as in like, hey, everything's going to be all right. Things will work out. No, you kind of have, I mean, I, mean, I came in with the same mentality and I still do. And I know Chad does too. We've talked about this before, before it's like, it doesn't matter if I closed out six deals last month. Yeah. 
the next month I'm still worried. How am I going <laughs> to feed my family? Yeah. Like I, I just in my head, I am still like, like I've got to do more. I've got to do yeah. more. My family is counting on me. Like there's so much for me to be fighting for right now. I can't give up. Yeah. And it's kind of hard because that's where we're going to be working on time. I mean, uh, we've, like me and Chad, have almost forced ourselves to go golfing and stuff sometimes during the work hours to kind of break up, you know, that monotony because in our heads, I got to keep going. Like, yeah. if I don't keep going, I'm not going to have, yeah, I had a really good month this month, but I won't, I won't next month if I don't, right. if I, if I stop. Yeah. And like, I can see it in you too. It's like, no, there's, and, but I can also see the trap that it's going to create if we're not careful. Yes. Because when I started, when I quit my job, um, I quit specifically because I was losing so many memories and oper and like times with my family through all the traveling that I did. And I remember being on our group chat, on our Tom Ferry group chat, and I remember saying, guys, like, I need some help. Like, I quit my job to do this and to spend more time with my family. And I think it was that first year I closed out, like, 86 deals that year. And But I remember I sent them – I did a live video feed, and it was, like, at 1030 at night. And I was almost – I was emotional – about ready to break down. I'm like, I'm working more now, and I see my family less than I did when I was flying a hundred flights a year, hotels hundred plus a year. And I'm like, I need some help. And you know, and like everybody jumped in, and it's like, hey, let me give you some advice and this. And I remember leaning in on my coach at the time, David Caldwell. If you're listening, let's see if he listens. 52 minutes into the podcast <laughs> shout out to david caldwell um but i i remember him um telling me like giving me boundaries and giving me curfews and stuff and like calling up my wife and saying amy jerry's not allowed to work past six o'clock like if he works past six o'clock you let me know type of thing like and but having those boundaries and then finding out how to work beyond those boundaries was powerful to me because I mean it was 10 30 at night I was delivering moving boxes for a client <laughs> like it sounded so important at the time and I remember David saying Jared they're effing moving boxes nobody needs them at 10 30 10 30 at night like go home it's like at 10 30 yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's. I will need that at one point. Yeah, for sure. I I, um, I don't I don't know what you want to call it, ADHD, you know, whatever it is. But there's there's some, there's some aspect to my personality where hyper focus, be like things very much become all consuming, um, and I can actually feel it already that this is different. Mainly because I think previously, like things that become all consuming are generally like little hobbies, things like that. Whereas, like, man, if I become all consumed with this, which I can already feel and I know I'll need those boundaries, like, life becomes very, very different. I can actually yeah, retire sure. by my mid 30s, I can actually do this, I can actually take my wife all over the world which is what she wants. I don't care about travel, but she wants it. And kind of, you know, going back to the beginning, you know, screw what I want and deserve, but she deserves <laughs> a world. So we're going to, but I think you're going to find joy in that. Yeah. Making yeah. sure that your wife is yes um, taken care of and your kids are taken yeah. care of. And, you know, cause I find that's my biggest yes. why 100%. I want to make sure my kids are taken care of. And I want to make sure my wife yeah. has what she needs and to make her happy. Yeah. And, I, and speaking of my kids, um, Becoming a father, this is something that has, has has grown more and more and more, especially as they get older. Um, but, like, how am I ever going to teach my kids 
take risks, be strong, be gritty, you know, have a good work ethic. And I, I think I had a good work ethic, but all those other things, right? How, how can I teach them that without going to do something like that for myself? That requires the same things. It requires the same thing. They learn by example, right? That they, they won't remember these early years most likely, but I think the lessons with it, I'll, I'll take forward. So, um, my, my boys also deserve a father who's willing to take risks with confidence that he can figure it out um, and to, you know, kind of tackle his fears, tackle his demons. Like they deserve a father that can do those things um, and show them how to do that for themselves. And like, yeah. like I know, like from the outside in, like career, this whole thing could be, it could be easily chalked up to, oh, it's just a career change. Um, but like to your point about my, like the way I want to run my Instagram and social media, I think is different than most agents. Like I want to talk about that process. Like this really is such an emotional journey. I think for everyone that undertakes it. And I, I just see no point in hiding that uh, yeah. for myself yeah. or for others, you know? Well, and I think a lot of people are interested in knowing, especially um, I, I think you'll start to, get a following of other real estate agents because yeah. we all gravitate towards the people that are being successful in the industry. Yeah. And that's something that like you're doing without knowing that you're doing, doing, oh yeah. my hell. um, but anyways, um, so like keep sticking to the disciplines. Yeah. We, we were talking with, uh, in, uh, at a Tom Ferry event for the leaderships and, you know, and the biggest focus and the, biggest takeaway that we got from that whole thing is is um going back to the basics at a high level with discipline and i you have to be able to you know have that discipline and that fortitude to keep pushing forward because this year is a lot harder than the other years not only are we having low inventory but we're having to juggle juggle that low inventory with the objections of the interest rates are super high nobody's confident in our economy and so whether they really need to buy or want to buy they're still having a very very hard time pulling that trigger but that's where a real estate expert comes in that's where um, we come in to help educate them to know if it's the right time for them and my mom says, work hard, but learn to have fun with those who are most important to you. <laughs> so. This is Johnson. <laughs> Sage wisdom. <laughs> so, but yeah, so uh, anything else you want to kind of talk about before we start wrapping things up? Uh, nothing too crazy. I mean, you have been a, like, I mean, you've just blended right into the team and the culture. <laughs> yes. Um, for, I mean... We, we have a couple, uh, I mean, I don't think we came up with those names, but, um, you know, if, if you ever want to compare um, Andrew, t- um, I, th- I would s- say your um, Hollywood doppelganger is Wreck-It Ralph. It is. That's generally how I introduce <laughs> myself. Or Seth Rogen. Or Seth Rogen, yeah. If you're yeah. listening to this audio only. Um, <laughs> well, Seth Rogen, everybody. <laughs> Real estate agent on Infinite Real Estate. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, but, I mean, I, like I said, every morning we're making our phone calls. You are in the office ready to go by 8, 8.30, pounding the phones, getting through your phone calls because you know that's important for you yeah. and your family to for the success that you're looking for. Yeah. And so. You told me it was. It and 100% who, is. Who, who the hell am I to think I know any friggin' better? Okay. So well, the one thing you can always count on is me popping my head out of the office saying, <laughs> hey, Andrew, give me the context behind that phone call. No, but that's been th- – so that's how I got all my appointments last week. Yeah. Really, I think I think it was maybe Monday or – it was probably Tuesday because I think Tuesday was the first day I actually like – it's like, okay, we're in the rhythm. Let's do this. Um, you would pull me in and it's like, oh, hey, what, what happened there? Like, oh, they just said they weren't looking anymore. He goes, did you ask why? I was like, well, no. He goes, ask more questions. I'm like, gosh, I know that. It's so good to get those reminders 
But then like, I feel like all the good conversations I've had have all started basically with, Oh, we're not looking anymore. Yeah. They've, they've all started like that. Every single one. We're not looking anymore, but tell me why you stopped looking. Yeah. Tell me why you stopped looking. Oh, okay, cool. And then, and then you can have a conversation like that's, that's the only way I've been able to do anything over this last week is just like, Hey, um, and I've, I've kind of made it like a little rule. I'm going to ask three questions before I get off the phone with anyone. Yeah. yeah. The more questions you ask, the interesting thing is, is you can go through a whole conversation just asking questions. Yeah. And you will build some of the best trust with those clients without saying anything about yourself. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Like a lot of people think that we have to tell you how great we are. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to know how great you are. They have a problem, and we're here to solve it. 100%. And so the more questions you ask, the more trust you're going to build, which in return becomes appointments and closings. Um, never split the difference by Chris Voss. Oh, I met is, him at a conference once, Oh, did too. you? Phenomenal. Yeah. He, um, is never split the difference is one of my fundamental sales books. I think, I think it really is probably the foundation of how I've learned to sell. Um, and yeah, that's a big part of the book. Like, Hey, ask, ask questions, you know, let people talk about Huge. themselves, their own situation. Yeah. yeah. Like coming forward and be like, Oh, I'm going to be the greatest real estate agent. I'm going to be the best for you. It's like, eh, everyone wants that's to buy it. Yeah. No one, no one wants to be sold. So mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. But yeah, every call, at Love least it. three questions. And if it really feels like they're unqualified or, you know, not really not looking for some okay fine i'll let you go but i gotta ask my three but that's the only way i've been able to do anything over the last week and again you you pulled me aside and we're like hey you need to ask more questions cool i'll ask more questions right. worked yeah. out yeah all right, so i'm gonna keep asking questions yep keep asking them i mean i i listen i i mean that's my favorite thing to do is to listen in on the conversations find out where the shortfall is because we've all done it i mean yeah. Ch- Chad's really good on the phone. He's really good about carrying on a conversation with people. But we noticed when he first started, he was having phenomenal conversations and then saying, okay, I'll talk to you later. See ya. I'm like, Chad, <laughs> you're Chad wasting, deal. Cool. You're yeah. wasting your time and their time by not asking for the appointment. Yeah. yeah. Next yeah. time you get on there, I don't even care if it's an awkward situation. Let them know you're looking forward to meeting with them. When would be a good time? Yeah. yeah. And then ever since he did that, it was like a you light switch just turned on. Yeah. You t- similar experience to you, Andrew. The same day he told me that, it was at lunch, I think, and then went back to the office, made phone calls, set like three appointments. And I was like, what a baller. There you go. And that's when <laughs> business actually started happening. So Sure. But, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, cool. No, I'm super excited to have you here. You're going to hear a lot more from Andrew. I mean, he's def- so. definitely making waves. Um, if they wanted to follow you, what's the best way to follow you? Um, yeah, my Instagram, I think, and TikTok are Andrew Sells Utah. At Andrew, Andrew Sells, Sells Utah. Utah. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, I. You'll hear more from me. I, I'll, we're going to hear more from you, but I yeah. guarantee, I, I am so excited. Like, I. My gut feeling says you're going to pull six figures before the end of this year. Boom. Hopefully. Appreciate it. And, you're so. and guess what? If I don't, don't do it. I'm still yeah. going to keep calling. <laughs> yeah. I'm still going to keep calling. You're going to do good. And we're, we're here to root you on. We're here to for the ex, um, for to see you thrive. Um, I mean, that's what we do. And that's kind of where the whole brand Infinite came from is it's bigger than me. Yeah, it's bigger than the people that work here. We're here to thrive together. We're we're here to make yeah. an impact in the communities that we live in. Yeah, through well, selling real estate. I, I remember that was that was one of the things that attracted me to Infinite uh, was to hear Keegan talk about you, and just to hear like how successful you already were, and now what you're doing. Because I think there's there's definitely a part of me that's like, man, if if. I, if I had that much coming in from investment yeah. property is like, I'm probably just going to go do a podcast full time, <laughs> you know, like, I'm, you know, but like, um, yeah, like, you know, there was just very much, uh, I, I trust Keegan a lot. I think he is a good judge of character. Um, and then in meeting you, Jared, it's like, Hey, you're, you're trying to help me be successful too. 
you know, and that's, you know. Yeah, well, thank you. 100%. So I appreciate that. All right. Well, we got to get back to our phone calls. Andrew. I don't know if we're going to do phone calls. We might do something. We might just harass yeah, let's go Angie. harass some people. Angie never yeah. popped in today, so I think the rest of the day we're going to harass Angie. <laughs> um, she's probably in cutting paychecks and yeah, commission commissions and stuff. Um, but it's time to harass her. Thanks, guys. Good All deal. right, guys, we really appreciate you being here. We're signing out. This is uh, we're in the Own It Studio. We look forward to talking to you guys. Or, I don't know, look forward to having you guys listen to us again. How about that? Let's just get yeah. to some music. <laughs>